My name is Queen Zoe Accounts, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Miss Z's Storytelling. I will be reading The Destruction of Faith, written by yours truly, starting with chapter 16. Stacy. Ruth opened the door. What the fuck you doing here? She asked her. Stacy was standing at her front door with her suitcases and tears in her eyes. I need a place to stay. She said as she gathered up her luggage and just walked into the house. Ruth shook her head and closed the door. This girl is rude. I didn't tell her to come in. What you doing here? Before Stacy could open her mouth and speak a word, tears began to well up in her eyes and they ran down her swollen cheek. I left Marcus. I ain't got nowhere to go. And I know that you got that spare room now that Faith is no longer here. Ruth sat down on the couch and studied Stacy's composure. This girl faking. She thought to herself, why you leave him? I found out that he was sleeping with Faith. (laughs) Ruth got up and walked her to the couch and helped take a seat. Are you sure that you got all the facts? Faith may be a lot of things, but she is good at being loyal. She loves you more than she loved me. If you say so. Stacy saw a box of Kleenex on the coffee table and helped herself to a tissue to wipe her eyes. Her eyes. But she didn't tell you about the graveyard. Ruth nodded her head as if she was contemplating what Stacy had just said. She did it to get back at me for telling on her. Stacy kept wiping the tears from her face with the Kleenex. But to end it all, last night at the club, let me tell you what your daughter did. She got into an argument with me. And then she turned into this monster. I don't know what to call it. But whatever it was, it attacked me. Stacy glanced over at Ruth to see if she was buying her act. Ruth could not believe that the demon had been let loose on Stacy. Faith was out of control. And she knew that she had to do something before she hurt someone else. Look, Stacy, I'm sorry that Faith did that to you. I'm sorry you had to go through this. Why are you apologizing? Faith is the one that did this to me. Look at my cheek when she punched me. It's swollen. She just pure evil walking and talking. Stacy was hyping it up and she was playing on Ruth's emotions. Ruth stood up and went to the kitchen. She was smoking another sailor when she came back. Okay, okay. You can have a room for now, but we got to figure out what to do about Faith. Okay, Miss Ruth, thank you so much. I promise I will not tell her that I am staying here because if she found out, she would kill me. Stacy had put on the best performance of her life. She had Ruth believing in whatever she told her about faith. No worries, no worries, Ruth said, comforting her. She picked up Stacy's suitcase and been walking down the hall. She took it into Faith's old room. Stacy walked behind her, smugness written all over her face. You've been here so many times, I will not tell you to make yourself at home. Ruth set the luggage down. She walked over to Stacy and embraced her and kissed her on the cheek and left the room. As soon as Ruth left, Stacy walked over to Faith's bed and fell backwards onto it. She removed the cell phone from her back pocket and text Marcus, Be home in a few weeks. I love you. Chapter 17, The Morning After 2 I was finally able to wake back up. I had fallen back asleep after Yimmy and I's conversation. I reached over to touch Freedom, but he was no longer lying beside me. As I stretched, I saw Freedom, and he was just gazing out my window. Oh, man, he said. What you are manning about? 
was I acting crazy last night? Hell yeah, you were. You was tripping. I only remember bits and pieces of it. He turned around to face me. You did a lot of things, saw a lot of things too, like spirits walking through my house and an IC on my ceiling. I got up from the floor and went into the kitchen. We needed to drink some more water. I removed the bottle of alkaline water from the shelf and handed it to Freedom. Freedom took the bottle from me and drank all 32 ounces down in one gulp. Drank water much? <laughs> uh, you know, I do not mean any harm, but that was the first and last time that I will ever do mushrooms. I will stick strictly with the herb. People always say that, but you'll do it again. No, I won't. Trust me when I say that. I am finished with it. Finish. He handed me back the empty water bottle. Do you recycle? Nope. You need to start because you should see all the pollution we get in our water. The way he sounded, you would have thought that he lived in the ocean. I just stared at him. Well, just try to recycle when you can. I shook my head up and down to let him know that I would. Oh, by the way, Yemi called and she was looking for you. Shit. I left my phone in the car. I told her you were asleep good. I know that she was apprehensive about me. She said just to call her later. Can I ask you a question? Sure, but let me sit down. I sat down on one of the pillows and he followed me. Did we mate last night? He asked. Mate? <laughs> no, we ain't mate. Ooh, oh, okay. Why was he sounding all relieved? He sat down beside me. As much as I wanted to fuck you last night, I did not take advantage of you. Freedom was staring at me so hard that I thought he was upset with me for not taking advantage of the situation. Faith, can I be honest with you? Sure. I'm only here for a short time, and I just want you to know that I don't want to start anything with you that I cannot finish. I began to feel like I was about to get that friend speech that I was being dumped, and we didn't even fuck. Maybe I should have taken his manhood. It's cool. You know what? I think that you should leave because I have a lot to do today. And besides, I do not want Gimme calling here again looking for you. I needed him to leave because I was digging him. And I did not want to hear him tell me that he was not interested in me. And I just stared at him. And he looked puzzled. He got up from my floor and slipped on his shirt, put on his clothes. And as fine as he was, he probably was going around hurting women anyway. I began to feel that tingling sensation come back. Not now, Bella. When I looked back at him, he was fully dressed and he began putting on his shoes. He didn't say a word. I waited for him to finish. Then I hurriedly walked him to the door, for I knew I was becoming offended and had no idea why. Freedom walked out of my house without saying a word to me. Now, who had offended whom? Chapter 18, Freedom. Freedom walked into the bookstore and went straight to the back of the store. He was hoping that Nana Madu would not come at him with so many questions about his night. He was just visiting and what he did with his time was his business with no explanations needed. He knew that his visit was short and he had to accomplish his goals. His thoughts were entirely on faith and he almost didn't see them. Yemi was sitting there with a book in her hand and Nana Madu was lighting candles. He almost missed him when he walked in. Ooh, let's get this over with, he thought to himself. Did you have fun last night? Yimmy asked as she glanced up from her book and spoke to him. Yeah, I did. 
He walked over to Nana and kissed her on both cheeks. Have fun with whom? He, Freedom cut her off. I had fun at the club. Okay, good to hear, Nana replied. Yimmy gave him a menacing look for cutting her off. I got the candles lit for you. I just not did not pour libation yet. Do you mind if we skip that part? Nana asked. Yes, of course, Freedom replied as he moved towards the altar. A white sheet hung up between the small stage and an earthen pot painted blue. Nana worshipped the water spirits, and the earthen pot belonged to one of the water deities that worked with her, a surgery, the water god. Freedom glanced towards the sheet-like partition and removed his shoes. He walked behind it, knelt in front of the earthen pot, and began chanting. Yemi placed a book down on the chair and walked over to her mother. She waited patiently and watched her mother light all the candles surrounding the altar. Once her mother finished, they both moved over to the altar and knelt on their knees. Yemi closed her eyes and took her mother's hands. Nana Madu held them tightly as she closed her eyes as well. They began to chant softly to each other. Yemi started to speak with her mother using telepathy. I felt strange in it last night, Mom. I don't know what happened. What happened at the club, Nana inquired. That girl, the girl that came in here was at the club, Faith. I spoke to her. I know her, but I didn't know that she was strong with the spirits. Mommy Water appeared. She is stronger than we thought, Yemi answered. This is good news for you. We can befriend her more and gain more of her trust. I know, Nana. I do like her as a person, so gaining more of her trust would not be a long process to do. Nana Madu squeezed her hand tighter, and Yimmy winced from the tight grip. Did Freedom stay with her last night? And don't lie to me. Why don't you ask him? Don't be disrespectful. When I ask you a question, you need to answer me. Yes, Nana. Did they mate? No, Nana. They did not mate, Yimmy answered. Nana smiled at the good news. She stopped applying pressure to Yimmy's hands. They both released their hands from each other as they felt a cool breeze entered into the center. The white sheet began flapping as if a strong wind was moving it, and they fell flat on the floor, prostrating themselves to spirit. They both heard the earthen pot move. They looked at each other and smiled. Freedom had read their thoughts, and he knew that Yimmy had no other choice but to answer her mother. He loved the sincerity that Yimmy possessed, but Nana was another matter. He finished what he was doing and moved away from them. He needed to rejuvenate. Chapter 19, Aquasi Day. Sunday came so fast for me, I had gone through Saturday with no thoughts of my mother nor Stacy. I could care less about either of them. I guess freedom occupied my thoughts as he stayed on my mind constantly. It's like that last song you hear, you keep singing it until you hear something else. That is how my thoughts of him were everlasting until something else could happen to distract me from thinking of him. I had not heard from Freedom since he left my house on Sunday morning. Maybe it was better that way, for he was only in town for a few days anyway. I could not, would not allow myself to get all caught up in his looks. Besides, I was not ready for love, and I didn't even have the time to give love to anyone. Love was not a word that I used a lot in my vocabulary, but I was thinking about that word with Freedom. Wow, what did I do? Did I just have that thought? I was not ready for anything that anyone had to offer, damn it. I was still young, and I had all the time in the world to worry about that shit later. I enjoyed what I did with who I did it with, and that was that. These days, they had a term for that polyamorous. I placed my thoughts back to the matter at hand, though. 
Going to this stupid Aquas Day celebration at the bookstore, I regret that decision that I had made to attend, but I needed to know why I heard those voices and I needed to know what they meant. I should never have allowed it to spook me out like that anyway. I could see shit and manifest shit through my poetry, but to hear voices from gazing into the water, now that was crazy. I opened my closet doors trying to find something white to wear. Nana Madu has said that I needed to wear either all white or blue i had long a long white cotton summer dress in my closet and i pulled that down i wrapped my hair in a blue scarf and made my way to the bookstore when i arrived i had to find a place to park my car this place looked crowded i could not find a parking space in the small parking lot in front of the store so i had to park a block away on the street there were so many people here i was not ready for a crowd but after all it was a festival so i glanced one more time in the mirror to make sure i looked straight then i got out of the car and walked towards the store when i got there i opened the doors to the bookstore and entered i could smell the same scents as before but the energy felt different a few sisters was lingering around browsing through the books and speaking amongst themselves they were all wearing african attire with multicolored head wraps that was strange because Nana had told me to wear either all blue or all white. Maybe they was just in here to purchase a few books and check out the vibe like I had done when I had first visited. I began walking towards the beaded doorway and as I moved past the sisters, they all stopped speaking to each other and fixed their eyes on me. Why are they staring at me? I pushed open the beads and stepped through the doorway. The moment I stepped through the doorway, it felt like I had passed through a portal. I know it's strange to imagine, but it felt like I had entered a whole different world that I never knew existed. It felt like this was going to be the beginning of my life, a new life. The energy that I thought I knew or at least had little knowledge was about was going to leave me and something was beckoning me to this life even if i wanted to turn around and run i could not escape the feeling of belonging that was overpowering me candles dimly lighted at the room they was dancing flames that seemed to cast shadows and silhouettes of the people i had never met I could smell the scent of frankincense and myrrh and it was overwhelming to my senses. It felt like my third eye was opening and whatever gift I possessed was being magnified by those sacred scents. I began to understand why the three wise men had offered them to the baby Jesus at his birth. They were heavenly scents, sacred to those born with a special gift to see those things that others could not see. I glanced down on the floor and I noticed a pile of shoes resting against each other. I removed my shoes and fully entered the room. Once again, a story in the Bible entered my mind that I had learned in Sunday school. When God spoke to Moses and told him to remove his shoes because he was on holy ground. This was how this place was making me feel. So I took off my shoes. If I had to guess, there was about 50 people sitting in the gray metal chairs placed in a semicircle. They were all wearing African attire as well. All the sisters wore head wraps and I noticed that I was the only one wearing white and blue. What the hell is going on? I looked up ahead of me and I saw a white covering hanging down from the ceiling and touching the floor. The material was cotton, but the way it, the place was all lit up, I could see the silhouette of a vast earthen-like pot sitting in the center. The people were speaking in soft tones and it sounded like the whispers of voices that I had heard in my house. When I had spoken into the glass of water. Maybe that was a foretelling that I had encountered to tell me that I would listen to 
these voices. But the oddest thing about the people whispering amongst themselves made me think that they were speaking about me. I saw an empty gray metal chair to the right side of me and I walked over there and took a seat. I wanted to stay in the back and just observe what was going on. Even when I would go to church with my mama, I would always sit in the back of the church and watch her take a seat in the front row pew, acting all dignified as if we rode in a Cadillac to church while all we did was ride in a blue bus. There was a door towards the left side and I saw six brothers walk through that door, each carrying a band two drum the drummers now that was exciting because i always wanted to go to an actual drumming ceremony i had seen them on tv but now i was about to experience this shit in real life they walked over towards six empty chairs sitting in front of the white veil yes that's what i'm gonna call that white covering a white veil why did i not think of that before when i first saw it it reminded me of a movie starring eddie murphy who was trying to save a chinese boy the woman working with him took him to this holy place to speak to this goddess she was hiding behind a veil and when he snatched it down she had the upper body of a woman but her lower torso was that of a serpent i wonder what was hiding in that earthen pot suddenly the room fell silent as I saw Yimmy and the man who worked behind the counter walk through the same door as the drummers carrying a large wooden stool. They placed the seat directly in the center of the bell. I was surprised to see Yimmy here, but as I stared at her and then I stared back at him, I noticed a resemblance. Could she be their daughter? I wonder why I had not noticed that before. Yimmy never told me that her parents owned this place. You know, I never asked, but I was beginning to feel a little weird about being at this festival. She resembled Nana, but looked more like Baba. That is what I'm going to call him, Baba. Baba means father. I don't even know where that name come from. Where, where I get that from? I had never heard of that word before. Later, I was to find out that it really did mean father. They both took a seat beside each other. I began looking around the room as my heart began to beat a little faster in anticipation that freedom might be here, but I didn't see him. I relaxed and brought my focus back to the bell. I heard a small bell ring and this beautiful sister walked out through that door dressed in all white and blue. Nana had followed her into the room. The people sitting in the chairs all dropped down on one knee and bowed to Nana. I just sat there because I had no idea what they were doing. Nana Madu looked royal as she cascaded into the room wearing a long water blue gown flowing way down past her feet. If I had known any better, I would say that she looked like she was gliding with her feet two inches above the floor, but you just couldn't see it from how long that dress was. Her head turned, glancing at the people. She saw me and bowed her head, giving me recognition. I didn't know what else to do, so I got down on one knee like everybody else. Nana glided over to the stool and took a seat. Seven sisters were sitting in the front row, and they all stood up and moved to the veil and turned around to face us. Nana reached under the stool and pulled out a wooden bowl covered in carved symbols. I noticed a massive bird carved on the front of the bowl with its head turned backwards but flying in the opposite direction. One of the women who had stood up behind her handed her a bottle of gin. Nana stood, held the bottle over her head, and she began chanting in a language I did not know. It must be African. I said to myself.
the people were still on their knees as she began pouring the gin into the bowl she was saying these names out loud and later i would know that she was calling the attention of the spirits around her nana commanded that everyone call on their ancestors i began hearing the people speaking in the names of their dead relatives i only knew two people who had died but i was not about to call them so i kept my mouth closed and i just listened later i discovered that they were pouring libations to their ancestors and the african gods once nana was done she motioned for the people to get up and take their seats i got up and took my chair and kept observing trying to follow whatever they did to ensure i did not feel out of place nana sat down and she began motioning the seven women to start singing they were singing in that same african african language that she had spoken in the drummers began beating on the drums slowly until they caught up with the rhythm of the singing i began to feel a tingling in the back of my neck but it felt different not coming from anger but more like something was coming my way i saw several of the people get up and walk towards nana they bowed down to her then walked to the drummers and bowed to them someone had cleared the middle of the circle to provide space within the semicircle, and they began dancing in that space they were moving counterclockwise within that circle to the beat of the drums more people began to follow them and I was in awe as I saw them dancing and spinning around in that circle when they got tired they would go back towards the drummers bow down to them again touch the floor with their fingers and then to Nana repeating what they had done in front of the drummers before going back to their seats Nana motioned to the seven women again whom I take to be her singers and they switched up the song the drummer started slowly again and the crescendo of the beat became faster I saw Yimmy get up and bow down to them as well and head straight for that circle she started moving in that circle of space she was dancing fast not missing a beat and she twirled and spun around it looked like she was turning in the air at times the tingling increased in the back of my neck and i began to shake what was happening to me because i had never had this experience before i wanted to get up and dance with her but it felt like something was trying to hold me down in my chair i wanted to dance so badly that i could not rise out of my chair to join her the energy became intense for every time she spun around in that circle the tingling in the back of my neck hit me i closed my eyes trying to fight that urge to dance or try to fight that feeling but something was overtaking me i grasped the side of the chair and with my hands and as i gripped it tight to make myself be still from the shaking and trembling that was happening to me i wanted to stop and whatever was trying to take me was hurting the back of my neck it was like my protector and something else was fighting each other and that something else was more potent and more stronger than what was inside of me i had this feeling of being pulled into two separate pieces i was shaking so violently that i thought i was going to have a seizure my head felt like it would explode and i could hear rushing water in my ears it was overwhelming as the sound became louder and louder and i couldn't take it anymore i heard a scream i turned my head to see where it was coming from only to realize that it was me whatever had won the fight was speaking in that african language but the shaking had not stopped another loud yell escaped my mouth as everything went black the russian water filled my head my name is Queen Zoya Counts, and I would like to thank you for listening to my podcast, The Destruction of Faith.
Peace.